There's a term people use to describe what your mind does at time of crisis. Some do it more than others. More seasoned professionals hardly do it at all. The term is fog of war, and the goal is to reduce it. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 49 as the Resilience Think Tank presents the Resilient Journey podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman, and this week we continue our conversation about software as I'm joined by Chris Britton, co-founder of RockDove Solutions. Listen as Chris and I talk about how using crisis management software can reduce the fog of war. We also discuss the importance of having a complete view of your operation, the value of bringing people together during a crisis, and techniques for improved stakeholder communications. We'll get into it right after we hear this from Lisa. Hi, I'm Lisa Jones, co-founder of the Resilience Think Tank. We're committed to ensuring diverse voices are included in making communities and organizations more resilient. We are spotlighting the next generation of resilience professionals. We will share videos, blog posts, and conduct interviews with rising stars in our profession. Also, we will discuss this topic at DRJ Fall 2022 and on the Resilient Journey podcast. Want to be part of the conversation? Tag us on LinkedIn or Twitter with the hashtag Resilience Think Tank. You can also contact us at ResilienceThinkTank.com. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you. Uh, Thanks, Mark. Off, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Start off by telling us a little bit about your background. Talk a little about RockDub Solutions and what your role is over there. Yeah. So I am the general manager for RockDub Solutions. Uh, we are a software company that hosts a management platform to help our clients respond better and faster to emerging threats. Today, we support, uh, over the past decade, we, we've developed a, an incredible client base that includes organizations all over the world, uh, public and private. And, and what we're trying to do for these organizations is, is give them a very simple and easy way to identify, prepare for, and respond to emerging threats. It, the emerging threats piece of the software is very interesting to me, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Last week, we talked about business continuity software, and this week, I wanted to focus more on the crisis management side of things. And your solution is called In Case of Crisis. So what are you accomplishing through that software? And how does it assist customers compared to, for example, traditional paper-based plans? Yeah, great question. So one of the things that's happened, I mean, we all have uh, either had or have, hopefully, crisis plans in place today. Um, and one of the challenges that's, that's started to kind of seep into our, our environment is that what used to be a very rare occurrence of a crisis or an incident that would disrupt the organization at some level uh, seems to now be a re regular steady thing. And so organizations are being challenged now not only to create and, and formalize plans around the scenarios that they feel most exposed to, but have good systems in place to actually execute a response and potential recovery. And to that end, what we've found is that 
traditional paper plans are great at organizing thought and intention, but when it comes to action and uh, actually executing and becoming operational and, and integrating with business process, uh, the plans are nothing more than a reference material and are easily outdated and are often not in the hands where they need them, when they need them. And so, so we, we really see that as, as critical. And, and our sort of take on this and what we are trying to do here is help organizations take the, the intentions, the ideas around the planning process and turn it into an operational approach. And doing that by uh, in, in implementing a management system. And the idea behind that is to break down some of the silos. Everybody's bought some type of communication tool. And right. we'll talk maybe in a, in a little bit about communication tools. But right. um, the whole idea that, you know, folks have bought communication tools, they use their Slack or their Teams, they have, uh, you know, different uh, uh, systems in place around the organization, but organizations have become pretty complex. And the issues that they're dealing with, the disruptions they're dealing with are also crossing over a lot of areas of the business and, and impact, and even externally to their, to their supply chain, to their, to their customers. And so organizations now more than ever before need a way to bring together these different resources these folks and and align with a purpose-built business process. So with that in mind, we, we think that what you need to have in a crisis management software and where we are focused is starting number one with a complete operating picture at all times, both before, during, and after a disruption we need management and the folks on the ground to be able to have a complete operating picture. So one of the things we think is critical to a, an effective solution or platform approach is having a system like that in place. The second is we need to make sure that the solutions that we bring together are truly designed to bring together all of the areas of the business that need to be involved, that need to be coordinating, communicating, collaborating, into mm -hmm. one view. So bringing them together is the other key element. Then the third item is with any type of management system approach, one of the things we have to be doing is being able to provide automation and workflow. So speeding up and making more efficient the way that organizations can respond and making sure it's repeatable and it's a best practice. So we're trying to accomplish all those things. And then the final element in what we see is stakeholder communication. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely critical for organizations if they're going to overcome a disruption, a crisis, an event, they need to have the stakeholders in the boat with them, informed, working in the same direction and, and feeling like they can be part of the solution and not, not the problem. And, and so we, we, we spend a lot of time in our solution, and I'm sure when you look at any crisis management solution, you wanna be looking at this, is how do you communicate with those stakeholders? How do you inform, educate, and support? 
want to go off script here for just a, a quick second and pull out a couple of things you said in your first two answers. So <clears throat> when I first started talking to you about crisis management software, you you said that we're seeing, it used to be just sort of a one-off where people mm-hmm. would maybe have a crisis very, very rarely, but now we're seeing more activity. Um, and so by having a solution like this in place, it, it makes it more usable for things that we might not deem a full-blown crisis, right? It's not necessarily a tornado ripping through the building, but right. it's sort of what I refer to as a mini crisis or maybe a um, sort of a gray area crisis where it's not necessarily black or white, but it's just something that needs attention. And it gives you that extra flexibility, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And, and what we're learning in, and it's it's similar, I, you know, I'm one of those people that's an advanced beginner in golf. And you, you learn that repetition and and learning to have a discipline about what you're doing is a big deal in order to be able to predict an outcome. And one of the things we're all looking for in business is ways to assure our stockholders, our board of directors, our customers, and and, and our employees that we can reliably and effectively overcome disruption. And to do that, we need to apply best practices consistently. And you know, when you look at most organizations, they've developed for accounting because they do a lot of accounting. They develop management systems to ensure that people have good best practices, they're efficient and effective. With crisis management and the degrees of disruption below that that we're speaking to, it's, it's really about how does the organization create for the spectrum of disruption, threats, and, and events that are going on a set of management practices and having a management solution that does not simply deal with the very worst case scenario, but deals with all of those scenarios in between allows the organization to develop that muscle memory and that approach that becomes extremely efficient and effective when they hit that true Armageddon situation. Let's talk a little bit about the scope uh, of crisis management software. So what should people be looking for as far as the capability of the tools? Is it playbooks? Is it incident management? And feel free to elaborate on your view of incident management there, but how far should a crisis management uh, tool go? Yeah, so if we step back for a second and say that that definition of crisis management software should be more than just uh, a break glass moment, and it should be about a spectrum of disruption uh, from anything from brand reputation-based activities all the way through to physical threat events to employee safety to weather disaster. There's just so many different things that organizations are dealing with cyber. Um, So so when we we think of it as far as a criteria, the first thing we always tell everybody is it's it's like like the old Apple uh, commercials. The first thing is it has to be usable and easy to access. So one of the things that you should be looking for right away is, is it ubiquitous? Can I get to it from any device, anywhere, anytime? Because if it's truly something to support that moment of crisis, it needs to be accessible. Second is um, it has to be able to fit into the natural culture of the organization 
to gain adoption. So having something that sits out there, some standalone application that doesn't that doesn't fit into the rest of the organization is a huge challenge. So when you're looking at it, it should be able to integrate with some of the common tools like Teams or having single sign-on or having the ability to integrate with other data and workflow. So those are gonna be the second category. The yeah. third is security. You've gotta have a solution that sits in, in a place where people can say, if my organization was compromised by a ransomware, or if my organization has people coming and going, I need to make sure that without me having dedicated technical support every day working in this platform, that it will automatically manage the appropriate authentications, uh, connections, and, and privacy of the data across the world in compliance, SOC 2, privacy, all those things are being adhered to in the process. The next thing we look at is how we're trying to implement our programs as a practitioner. And there, what we're trying to do is say, will this support training in tabletop? Will it allow me to create that muscle memory right. that we need? So when, when that moment where we all, and, and I had a customer say this to me, when, when we all become a little less smart because of the adrenaline in the moment, we need to make sure the system really is built into our culture. And can we do that training? Can we do the exercises we need to do? Yeah. The other thing, oh, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say experts refer to that as the fog of war. Yep. And, and it is a very real thing. Yep. And if you've never experienced it, if you've never been through um, a, a true, in your face, urgent crisis, you need to act right now, um, you can take our word for it. It is a thing. It really is. Yeah. And, and that's why we believe that a good system should support small, medium, and large disruption. Because if you're following it and doing it, combined with the training and exercise, you get people into good habits. And good habits are what are going to help to overcome that moment of fog of war. Um, the, the next thing is you, you have to have good IO. And, and what I mean by that is, I need to have the ability to take in the information that's being presented from the organization, monitoring, like, hey, what's happening in social listening? What's happening with our assets? What's happening in the, in the world around us that we need to be aware of? What's happening? Our employees are some of the best resources at learning about things that are happening that could be impacting our organization. Those incident reports those sit rep updates, that information needs to be able to easily pull into our system. And then we need to have the reporting that informs the executives and the other decision makers in the organization about what we've learned from these incidents, what's happening at any point in time. We have to have after action reporting that is automated, that is built into the workflow and isn't laborious because we need to be able to have the things that should be captured automatically pulled into that report so that the after action report really becomes about adding the qualitative to what's already being pulled together so that we can create that. And then having an archived knowledge base 
so that as we look at our training, as we look at our organization and we say, you know, what did we do the last time a hurricane went through that area? Who was involved? What resources did we deploy? What didn't work well? We, we have that resource now to go back and reference. And, and so that's huge, the whole concept of, of resources and reporting. The, the next thing which you hit on was playbooks. So playbooks can support really a couple of different key areas in your program. Number one, playbooks are a fabulous resource to provide to your stakeholders. One of the biggest complaints we've heard through survey, through direct engagement with clients is that playbooks are, are a big challenge if they're not delivered in an actionable, easy and accessible way to stakeholders. They, they don't mind the idea of getting a notification, hey, there's an active shooter in the building. But with a notification like that comes a tremendous amount of requests for information. And who do I call? How, what should I be doing? What, are, what steps should I be following? How, how do I report my update of where I am for reunification? Where do I go to reunify? Where do I meet family members? Where, there's just so much information in every scenario that can arise. So we look at playbooks in two fashions. A playbook that you give to the stakeholder ahead of time as a preparedness tool. And then we have what we call playbooks that are actionable and delivered around the event itself that come as a rich notification so that instead of just getting that soundbite, yeah. you, you, you got a problem. We're giving them, here's a problem and here's the first set of information you need. Oh, and we're gonna have more information coming as the team has updates automatically refreshing so you as a stakeholder are constantly part of the information set. It's great because playbooks can be designed and delivered to discrete audiences um, as what they need for their, their role, their, their location, their scenario. So you can make them highly focused uh, elements. So those two types of playbooks are great and stakeholders too. Us means your employees, it means your supply chain, it means your, your uh, board of directors, your executives, because they all are information constituents that need to be kept in the loop on things as they're evolving and developing. It's an interesting phrase. I like it, information constituents. It's a, it's a, good, a good way to put it. I want to ask you something, again, a little bit off script here. When I write a business continuity plan, I tend to focus on the effect, not the cause. So for example, if we have a system outage that causes a business continuity event, I don't address in my business continuity plan why the system went down. Or if we have a loss of facility that causes a business continuity event, again, I don't get into whether it's a power outage, a gas leak, a flood in the basement. I don't typically care. What I care about is the fact that the building is uh, inaccessible. And mm -hmm. now we have to execute our business continuity plan. But when it comes to crisis management software, and particularly these playbooks, don't they have to be a little bit more event specific? You talked about active shooter or bad weather or things like that. Talk about 
why it's okay to think in terms of scenarios in this particular situation. Yeah, we we think of playbooks in in the true sense as being highly focused content and and collaboration. And so what we're really trying to do is provide, remember this this fog of war moment, it affects everybody. There's the fog of war around around the people that are managing the response, but then there's also the people that are in the middle of the crisis that are at ground zero and need support. And so we look at the playbook as being very much supportive to that moment. We wanna make sure that they're having the simple, here's what I need to know and do. Here's who I need to call. Because they they don't necessarily have the creativity to go out and figure out, okay, it, what website resource should I go look up or who who out in, in HR I should call. They, they won't have the luxury in many cases of knowing or figuring that out. And they may not be next to a colleague to collaborate. So we want to make sure those playbooks are extremely uh, compact and intuitive and actionable to the moment, to the person. Right. Right. Now that makes sense. You've talked a little bit about communications here, and I'd like to shift to focus on emergency notification. And there's so many products out there that do this uh, anymore. Uh, It's a tool that allows people to kind of reach staff, either one-way or two-way communications, right? So talk about that concept a little bit. And then I want you to address the advantages of having a notification system like that integrated directly with the crisis management tool. No, it's Mark, I mean, any company that is dealing with um, a crisis needs to have a way to inform a large audience quickly and reliably. And mass notification services do that. What, what we've, we've spoken a little bit to this, but the challenge is that's one transaction. So notification and, and making somebody aware in the moment of wherever this crisis is at that moment and keeping them informed, alerting notification systems do a wonderful job of doing that across various types of devices in various forms, voice, text, email. You, you get that. You get that ubiquitous coverage of communication that is an essential element. And often, if you've set it up correctly, it's independent of your internal corporate infrastructure. So if your corporate infrastructure is compromised or uh, you have factory workers that don't have access to devices because they're in a clean room, um, you have a variety of ways that information can be delivered so that you're reaching all of your stakeholders wherever they are. So that, that is one of the real hallmarks of mass notification tools and, and, and why they're so um, essential part of the process. Now, one of the things that organizations fall short on though is they, in a department, will set up a, a notification service and they will have that in place as a readiness tool. When they need it, they can fire off a, a message. The problem is that in and of itself, it's not a business process. It's it's an action. 
It's a tool. It's like a hammer in a carpenter's bag. Yeah. But what happens in a crisis more often than not is the failings are process failings. They're the right hand and the left hand, not on the same page. Mm -hmm. The, the executive team making decisions, but not having all the information in their hands. So it's really, really important for an effective crisis management team to have a complete workflow. So having those tools connected to the business process so that not only are they able to leverage these alerting capabilities, but they're able to do it in sequence and have the capture of the results of that coming back into the information center so that there's one operating picture of everything we're doing inbound, outbound, and, and as a collaboration effort. You've referred to that phrase a number of times here, operating picture, and it's just a clear uh, sort of cross-section view of everything that's happening, and, and, and I like that. One of the things you mentioned right at the top that I want you to talk a little bit about, because it's the piece of your uh, solution that is most interesting to me, uh, just mm. to be honest, and it's the it's the threat monitoring piece. Yep. So talk about what that means and how you incorporate threat monitoring into your solution. Yeah. So as an organization, um, the, you only know what you know, and what we developed is a uh, a partnership to build tentacles essentially into the information that's out in the marketplace, thousands and thousands of channels of information across all different platforms and services, uh, covering social media, covering, covering uh, weather, covering uh, even, we even track civil, civil unrest and, and uh, things that are going on around uh, marches and protests. And what we're able to do is take this, this information and cross it over with the organization's assets and resources and create proximity-based alerting that is not only an automated process, but includes analysts that are able to um, evaluate and qualitatively supplement that information that we're capturing. So there's a visual, a visual, a graphic that the organization can see, and they can do as many of these dashboard visuals as they want that show assets and proximity to various types of uh, potential threats that they may be having coming or there. Um, for example, with a hurricane, we can track the actual path of the right. hurricane and show what assets are in line. And we can correlate that information with other resources like flood damage information and, and the like to give an early assessment of potential risk to the organization. We then take that information and we bring it into a single picture by taking all of this this, this composite and, and adding it to the incident reporting information that's coming in, the ticket information that may be coming from a third-party product like ServiceNow 
um, or other resources in the organization. And we provide a single pane of glass for, for the operators, the analysts to say, okay, I have a full picture now to share information of interest, to escalate, do the next steps we need to do. But having it all pulled in like that in an automated way allows the organization to save time, create a better optic, and, and also have better reporting. It's really interesting. I, and I told you right you know, in the beginning of the question that it was the most fascinating piece for me. And it's a perfect example of using a tool to essentially outsource something that you could never build yourself. You just never could build that internally. And so that, that's brilliant. Hey, Chris, look, I'll get you out of here on this. People are listening. Maybe they want to know more about In Case of Crisis or Rocked Up Solutions or just crisis management software in general. What's the best way for people to reach you? So uh, if you get out to us at sales at rockdovesolutions.com, that's the easiest way to send us a note, or you can go to our website at www.rockdovesolutions.com, or you can reach me directly. My phone number is 240-404-8155. If you want to just talk about crisis management software in general, happy to do that. It, we, we, uh, we love talking to our customers and to the practitioner community. And Mark, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to, to let me be a part of your conversation today. Thanks for joining on the Resilient Journey podcast, Chris. This was fascinating and uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I want to thank Chris Britton from Rock Dub Solutions for joining me this week. Crisis management software can add a sense of order and calm during a crisis could be worth looking into. Thanks as always to the Resilience Think Tank for sponsoring the Resilient Journey podcast. Stay in touch with the Think Tank at resiliencethinktank.com and please share our work with younger professionals as we work to strengthen the future of the industry. We have another excellent guest lined up for next week, so join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.